for, you know, praying for those lost pages, praying for more scripture, because uh, there's so much. I mean, even Enoch, I would love to have the book of Enoch, uh, the book of Enoch because I feel like so many people are drawing from it, but we aren't getting, it's kind of like not canonized. So then, you know, it's kind of taboo. Like, should we, mm-hmm. you know, but there's so much good in it. I just can't imagine that it wouldn't be available to us in all of its entirety. And I just, I hope that he trusts us with more scripture soon. Mm-hmm. For sure. So um, going through here, what is the pattern of receiving scripture, uh, receiving new scripture that, that Abraham found um, in, in this chapter? That's kind of uh, one of the, the major points. And, I, you know, we never even had time to discuss that in our other two groups. But um, just throw that question out, out to you all. The, what is the process of receiving more scripture? Is it? Uh, I know that the, the missionaries, we had a couple from our ward that served um, in Russia for a while. They're medical trained and, and the authorities told them while they were there, if they heard of any rumors or any, any stories of, of ancient records that they were supposed to pass that on. So oh, interesting. The, the brethren are looking in some of those places, um, at least. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come by revelation probably, but you never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That, that's very intriguing. I've never heard of, of that ever being asked of, of missionaries or, you know, getting their feelers out there to, to see if there's any uh, things that have been discovered. Yeah. Um, here in, um, in this picture, yeah. I was just thinking about how um, Joseph Smith came upon um, the the papyrus and you know those um from the mummies and stuff that that's such a odd story but you know that it was divinely you know it got there but i mean you know it's kind of interesting how that came about for Mm -hmm. that we got the pearl great price Mm -hmm. yeah for sure uh, there's there's quite a few like in the restoration anyway that that there's miraculous events or or things that that just happen that that bring forth um, these ancient manuscripts and and things like that and and uh, as found in, in this chapter with the book of Abraham well um, just Abraham in, in general that Abraham received these things directly from the Lord or from the angel of the presence Metatron Enoch. Um, that, that these things are, are bestowed upon them or, or passed on um, from generation to generation. There's, there's lots of different modes of, of receiving revelation. But one thing to note that we can receive our own personal scriptures as well. Um, you know, they're not going to be the, the canonized version for the whole church, but um, we have any time that the, we are moved upon by the Holy Ghost, that, that that can be scripture in and of itself to us. We have a continuing conduit of revelation for our personal lives. And um, anyway, I, I think that this uh, Hear Him initiative and, and really the emphasis on connect with heaven, do whatever it takes to connect yourself there because, um, you know, the, the church is moving rapidly and um, I, the whole principle behind um, you know, we're not ready for it because we don't even study the, the stuff that we have. Our, our church is a worldwide church, and um, 
you know, there's many just barely discovering the Book of Mormon and the um, the interesting doctrines that are that are there. There may be um, little snippets that are going to be provided to us through um, direct personal revelation um, and, and insights there. It, different possibilities, but um, I, I love hearing how Abraham found all of these records and, and things. It, it, it's very motivating and very inspiring to, to look forward to because as it happened to Abraham, he's a type and pattern for the last days for all of his posterity. Everything that he did, his, his servants or his posterity will um, follow that same pattern. Cameron, can I just ask a question of everyone? Yeah. I'm just curious because you talked about, you know, the Hear Him initiative and receiving our own revelation. And I know that this past year, um, I feel like I've received along with my husband more revelation um, just for our family, um, warnings of things we needed to do with our kids or be aware of. Um, I'm just curious if others have been doing that same thing and I'm not receiving like enough, like, you know, I mean, it's not all the time. My husband and I were just talking about, oh, I don't feel like I'm receiving as much as we had been. Um, I'd like to get where we're receiving more, maybe, you know, being guided more frequently. And I was just curious from everyone else, if you had felt that this um, past year and what maybe you're doing to increase that revelation. Yeah, great question. I'd love to, to hear everyone's responses on that too. So I, can you guys hear me? My sound yep. is kind of muffled. Um, I recently was talking to a friend about this and um, I think I definitely started receiving a lot more revelation this last year, just being more awakened and having a desire to do those things. And um, all of a sudden I kind of felt like I was receiving so much and all of a sudden it kind of came to a halt. And all of a sudden I felt like the door was closed and it was really frustrating for a while. And it took me, I was led to a talk um, by President Nelson, pretty recent, but his, I can't, I'm blinking on the name, but it's the one all about revelation. And he says in it that sometimes the doors of, or the heavens will fill like they're completely shut off. And that's kind of just part of it. Like almost like building our faith of like, we still have to keep trying and desiring that even if we're not getting it all the time is kind of what I got out of it. And then I, um, I feel like it's just been really up and down for me. And, um, I listened to a podcast just the other day that talks about revelation. And I loved what they said, because they said, a lot of times we're thinking that we're supposed to be receiving revelation about every little thing in our lives, but a lot of times it can just be revelation that's in our heart where we're feeling peace in our heart and that counts as revelation. And it's more like we have to just continue to live life and make decisions. And as long as we feel peace in our heart, that's him giving us revelation that we're doing what's right. And then if we start to go down a path that we're not supposed to, that's when he'll come in and correct it, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, Kirsty, was that the Talking Scripture podcast? Yes, it was. Because oh, yes, I, I listened that. to that and I couldn't remember where I'd heard that from. And yeah, so yes, thank you for sharing that and reminding me where it was from. 
I have never heard of that podcast. I'm writing that down. <laughs> it's my favorite. Come follow me. I love it. And almost like through the book, I mean, through, yeah, the Book of Mormon. Um, and now in the Doctrine and Covenants, they always bring back to the temple and how there's um, a temple. I can't think what they call it, like a temple motif or, you know, um, a reminding of the temple and what we're reading in the Book of Mormon. And like, well, for instance, this last one or this one was um, Joseph, Joseph train changed the translation about Martin Harris having, oh no, Oliver Cowdery having a rod and he changed it to something else. And they said that rod was symbolic of the temple and a priest. And so they always, a lot of times bring things back to the temple. And I thought that was really cool. Huh. And where are those podcasts? Um, I get it on YouTube. It's called Talking Scripture. And if you go to that, what I also like is they have show notes at the bottom and they tell you the timestamp of what they talk about, just a brief little one. So it's easy to go back and find it. Um, but I think they're also on Apple and different places, but they tell you at YouTube down below in the information where, where, they're, you, know, where you can pick it up other places. So I, lo I love that last comment and it reminded me, um, I've read this in a couple places, but the one that I'm remembering is um, from the book, Following the Light of Christ into His Presence. Mm -hmm. If anyone's read that, um, it gives that graphic of like your spiritual journey and it's like you, like a mountain, you climb up this mountain and you get to the top and that's when you feel everything feels like so good and like the spirit, like you're you feel like you're receiving all the, you know, the spiritual downloads. Um, and then it's followed by a, a period of struggle, like where you go down the mountain. Um, and then you have to start climbing it again. Um, and every time you reach like a spiritual high, um, you get to go down and climb again, just to test your faith, I think, and to, um, to give you that strength, gaining that, that spiritual strength. So that just reminded me of that when you said, um, like, we felt like we were receiving so much and now we feel like we're not receiving as much, um, that that's actually what we should be experiencing those highs and lows, because that's what tests us to keep, um, growing stronger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I just barely, uh, finished that, that book and, uh, trying to implement and do those things that he talks about in there. And I had kind of forgotten about that one and um, the, that metaphor of the mountain and stuff sometimes because the mountain of the Lord is, is very much symbolic of the temple and, and we keep climbing. We have these great spiritual experiences. Like when we go to the temple, receive revelation, but we always have to come back down. We always have to come back to, to Babylon for lack of a better word and, um, and, and mingle um, in uh in our wards and stakes and, and families so that we um, can then bring them back to, to the mountain. Uh, that's, that's always kind of the purpose. We have these experiences so that we can come back and bring others. And, and sometimes that, that lull of spiritual downloads or, or that heavy uh, spiritual connections, it feels 
hard to to bear sometimes like why am i not getting any of this but yeah the um following the light of christ into his presence uh rossanne just asked in in the chat i'm gonna type it out that's john pontius isn't it uh-huh yes so the the same author presence um as visions of glory and triumph of zion and and those uh it's also uh, one of his his great books it, the following the, the light of christ into his presence is more of a practical step-by-step -step how to implement those kind of things into your daily life in order to um, come into his presence kind of a thing um yeah where do, I, another thing that, that just popped into my head as i was thinking about that was um do you remember Elder Ballard's talk before COVID hit? Just, uh, I can't remember if it was just the October conference or the April one right before that. But anyway, he talked about um, his predecessor, Joseph, is it F or Fielding Smith, 1918-ish, when he received the, the revelation on the spirit world and, and all of that. I always get those two mixed up, F and Fielding. But um, anyway, when he was praying so hard during the the influenza the the influenza or spanish flu i can't remember which one but i mean he was having many family members um dying of it and church members dying of it and and things just seemed hopeless and lost he had dealt with many deaths in his family so many awful things that um he, he just couldn't find answers he and here he is the prophet and and he felt like a lull, uh, a stop in revelation, and and he didn't know uh, where to go. He he, what was the wording that he used? The heavens seemed like sounding brass. Every prayer that was sent up was just sent right back down without an answer. Uh, I sometimes it, it kind of feels that way, just kind of a lull. Um, but yet comes the great glorious uh blessings the answers the the visitations that that we're going to receive i think that that abraham here in this chapter is kind of the that same pattern you know he's he's promised some of these blessings he's um promised children he's promised um uh, promised land and all of these things yet he's always taken for the long ride of it before he actually gets the fullness of the blessing in his life i, I think that's a it's the pattern of Abraham, of the Abrahamic covenant. Sometimes we, we have the, the ebbs and flows that, that come into our lives with the revelation. So Cameron, as you were saying that, it made me think of Job. Maybe it's the Job principle that we go through that lull and it's just a testing period to see if we're gonna stay true to the Lord so he can give us greater revelation. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just called it the Job principle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. Exactly. I think a lot of times too, that um, when we stop receiving revelation, at least for me personally, I guess all, all I can do is talk for me personally, but um, it makes me want to try harder. And, and I feel like when I stop receiving revelation, like I want to, I'll start praying a little more fervently or reading my scriptures a little more um, intently and and that will help to get me over that hump of not receiving revelation so just mm -hmm. anyway <laughs> yeah for sure yeah it's very I interesting think another i think one other thing for me personally when 
it's a lull and I'm not getting things. I start doubting what I got before because I'm like, I start thinking, is that really what I got? Because it's not turning out the way I thought it was going to turn out. Mm-hmm. And, and the longer that, the more that happens to me, the more I realize I have no idea what he has planned. It's just all an act of faith and not to doubt what you have received. And it's kind of a test that you're going to follow what you received in the past and build upon it. You know what I mean? So I think it's important not to discard what you received in the past just because it's not flowing all the time, which I think we all want it to just keep flowing, right? Like, mm-hmm. like a river. We just want to be like, just hold my hand every minute. But it's a test of faith. And, you know, I think with this whole election, all of us are just like, okay, now what are we doing now? Like this just all feels like we're just going down that mountain, right? We're just going down this big mountain right now, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I remember uh, another thing, I, I don't want to be the only one talking here, but another principle that popped into mind was uh, on the mission. I, I served in Mexico and I never had uh, English companions, American companions at all. Um, but right off the bat, the the whole pattern of uh, district um, meetings every week was crucial for me to even stay afloat because I, I was just, I couldn't understand things that were being said to me and, and expectations. I always felt like I was failing, but then once a week, we didn't have a temple in, in my area at all. And so those district meetings were what were my spiritual high where I could go and converse and and uh, not only with, with other um, Americans, but like uh, just other, um, companionships that that I wasn't just alone um, and and just failing so hard but uh, those kept me buoyed up throughout the week and uh, eventually then all of that work and perseverance in learning and growing and becoming paid off so that um, I could then as as time progressed you know at the year mark or, or even further be that help to other newbies in in the mission field and and have uh or or create a good environment for them to to find sanctuary once a week kind of a thing and so i think that that's another principle of the um the the ebbs and flows the the lulls of revelation so that we can fully experience those so that when we do have a higher level of of communication with heaven that we can remember how that feels and help the others that are along uh, the path to um, to be that that experience that they need to to pull them and lift them and um, be the the leaven in in the bread uh, of the church kind of a thing. Hey Cameron, I love I love what you said, and you know one of the things that stood out to me as I was reading was that that Abraham was constantly learning about things and I, I I can't help but think that when I am constantly engaged in learning and reading new books and reading the scriptures and talking to people about these things that's when I receive my personal revelation like it's oftentimes when I'm talking to somebody it's like I have these aha moments I'm like oh that was for me that wasn't really I mean you can do what you want with it but <laughs> yeah. what I just said was totally for me and I need to get better about writing those things down because um you know, one of the things they talked about, right, that you guys were talking about in the beginning was 
keeping a record and I'm trying to get better about like keeping a, a, a prayer record and things like that. But I loved that. I mean, that was probably one of my favorite parts of this, of this chapter was his example of constantly learning about the cosmos, the creation, like, and, and I really think that, um, as we do that, the personal revelation, maybe it won't go down so much. Right. So if we're constantly trying to engage in, in learning, then our lows won't be quite so low. And I'm not saying that, I mean, maybe that's what some do. And I know for me, I, I need to practice that to, to be able to tell you if that's totally true, but, um, those are my thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, that's exactly uh, where, where my brain's kind of going along that same route. And I'm with what she said, uh, this concept that we need to record our, the things that happen to us, the good experiences, the promptings we have that we act on. Uh, in, in my journal, you know, from front to back is the normal day or weekly entries that I put in. I'm not great at daily, but usually once a week or every other week, I'll get it written down. Um, but I can flip it over and in the back, I actually working from the back forward, I've recorded those, those promptings, those inspirations, those, you know, miraculous events that have happened. So that I have that as a record that's separate from all the day-to-day -day nonsense that you go through. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually have, you know, some cousins and an uncle or a, a nephew that, uh, was struggling with some concepts in the church, returned missionary and all that, but, you know, got into the usual questions that he was struggling with and had a meeting with him. And that's one thing I encouraged him to do is to keep a remembrance journal. Remember the things that you felt. Remember why you went on a mission, the decisions you made. Remember those good experiences, because if you don't, you know, you, you forget them and suddenly you're drifting away and then you start asking, why am I here, you know? Mm -hmm. but, you know, remember, remember the most repeated, one of the most repeated phrases. And that's, you know, that's the way I do it. And that's what I've encouraged my kids to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am not great at it at all. But that's one of the most important principles of the gospel to remember, or, or else we, we forget and dwindle in unbelief kind of thing. Yeah. Which is recited every week in the sacrament prayer, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Can um, we talk about page 75? Yeah. Did that stand out to anyone else um, about Enoch and how he went forth and opened his mouth and the words flowed out and the people trembled and couldn't stand in his presence and those that accepted his message joined the people of God, but not without tribulation for their enemies came to battle against them. And then Enoch courageously led the people of God and then with unprecedented faith invoked heavenly powers to defeat the earthly powers threatening Zion. Um, the earth trembled, the mountains fled, the rivers of water were turned out of their course and the roar of the lions was heard out of the wilderness and all the nations greatly feared. Um, and then they built the city of Zion um, and peace and love that it was called the city of holiness, even Zion, a community of saints who achieved such unity and righteousness, the Lord came and dwelt with his people, literally a city of light in a dark world. And as I read that, I was like, is that a type for us? Yeah. And who's our Enoch, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I, I find it very interesting. I mean, obviously, tribulation is a key word that we all look for now with, with the years of tribulation and the timelines and stuff. Um, but 
it, it's important to note that the whole city of Enoch had to to deal with the darkness before the the, uh, the light. You know that they had to overcome, like all of the people were came to battle against them, like they weren't without war and bloodshed and and things like that. But it's over overwhelming odds. That's when God comes in and and helps. So when we are at our our wits end or our last straw or there's literally nothing else humanly possible that's when god can step forward and do the things that that we can't do and um and enoch through the the priesthood invoked those heavenly powers um uh, that's just amazing to me uh, that that story how zion became zion sometimes we just think it's oh they were just lovey-dovey and um had charity and they ascended kind of a thing but here it's like no there's there's literally the darkness surrounded them and they fought through it in order to um to let god prevail that that's one of the the main themes of of abraham and every story that uh, that occurs with him but Abraham was pattering his after Enoch, and Enoch was pattering his after Adam, the, the pattern of letting God prevail. When, when all hope is lost, there's only one God that can actually save us, redeem us, and, and bring us forth out of that darkness. I love that, and I loved page 75, too. Um, in the top part where it says those who accepted this message joined the people of God, but not without tribulation for their enemies came to battle against them. That reminded me just this last week of the, <laughs> sorry, my dog's barking, the oh, pillow good. guy this last week in Kohl's and, mm -hmm. and Bed Bath and Beyond said they wouldn't sell his products just because he backed up Trump. Like it's getting to be like, if you dare say anything, you're going to pay a consequence for it. And which is exactly what this was like. Mm -hmm. And like, you're right. Like only the savior can fix all that. Like there's not a lot we can really do. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's, there's going to be a time when Christianity will, will fall out of, of the mainstream. Uh, just even being a Christian will be that type of persecution for, for everyone. That, that's going to be a hard thing to go through. That's going to be some dark times. You know, we, we hear of the, those similar uh, situations in scripture when, when people have to pray in secret and, and seek God in their own private chambers, their own private closets. Um, even Daniel, uh, I'm, I'm teaching a class on Daniel right now, and that's what's coming to mind. Um, but even when Darius issued the, the order um, against his own will kind of a thing, um, to um, everyone has to, to, to pray um, to none other but Darius. And he, Daniel, goes into his house with the windows wide open and, you know, <laughs> brain on the lion's den. I'm going to pray to my God three times a day kind of a thing. That, that I don't, that's going to be a, a, a challenging thing to, to face. And we know that it's coming. That's why we have some of the prophecies that we do to, to brace us for um, that kind of a challenge. But, but eventually we, we know that being on the Lord's side is the correct side to be on and, and he will, he will deliver. He, that he always makes good on his promise. 
I think that goes along with last week's come follow me of learning to fear God more than men. Mm, yeah. A lot of times is a lot easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, sorry. I forget to keep up with chat or whatever, but um, Libby says that that obedience ties perfectly into the talk from Christofferson and it does. Um, let's perfect segue into there. Um, let's go to, to page 73 it's in the section called what Abraham learned about cosmos and the creation fallen atonement. So um, uh, let's, let's talk about Moses chapter six, 59 through 62. Um, what insights did, did you all have from uh, Christofferson's talk from, from diving in and studying that principle of water, blood, and spirit? How were, how was that relevant to this chapter and story? And, and how is it relevant for us? What do we need to, to pull out of that principle, that pattern? It's kind of like a ladder, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we, as members of the church, we've all been born of the water. That's the commandment. And by the spirit, we're justified. That's the next step. And then the blood, you're sanctified through Jesus Christ. But I'm not sure I completely understand it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That's why um, I kind of threw out that challenge because I didn't understand it before I started reading into this and, and, and pondering and studying more. Um, but it's so, when, when I finally had my aha moments, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the crux of everything here that, that Abraham's learning is, is water, blood, spirit. Um, through the patriarchal records, through his experiences, especially um, the, the drought that's coming up and he's going to have to go flee to Egypt, the, the, the lack of water. Um, anyway, there's, there's lots there. But um, yeah, so let, let's dive into a, a chart that I... Uh, kind of made again I'm all about like visual references so that I can like learn and, and memorize things um, so throughout this chapter and in the next chapter as well I pulled out every time that um, water blood and spirit or those same principles even though they might come in different wording um, are, are put across together so each row is um, when they're found together so um, in his talk uh, we are the we live by the the commandments and and are purified by the water sanctified by the blood and justified by the spirit the by the water we keep the covenant the blood is the grace and the spirit is the holy ghost that, that comes so with our ordinances we have baptism uh, repentance is, is through the blood and then the spirit is that that sanctifying power or justifying power sorry um there on the bottom of, let's see, or wait, it's right below that, that quote of Moses. Um, it talks about the, the quickening. And so this is about the earth, the, the pattern that the earth went through for the, the flood and the, the baptism of fire that will happen uh, later. But that quickening and translation that, that happens, that's through the blood principle. Um, we have Elohim that is... Um, in the water category, Jehovah in the blood and Holy Ghost in the spirit. Um, 
our first comforter is with the Holy Ghost. Second comforter is, is Jesus Christ. And then the fullness being the, the water or Elohim. Even going so far as to, to pulling it through to our threefold covenant uh, or threefold uh, mission of the church, the gathering, uh, perfecting the saints and redeeming the dead, those three keys are, are associated with bl water, blood, and spirit. Uh, creation, atonement, and, and fall. Um, but anyway, the, the main point of, of all of this is that um, there in Moses, it gives us why these three are connected. Because they all three, when they're combined, they equal the dust. So just quoting there, it says, Inasmuch as you were born into the world by water and blood and the spirit, which I have made, and so became of dust a living soul. Um, so when you combine those three, it, it's talking about dust. And if you do like a, a word study on dust throughout the scriptures, we have lots of different uh, analogies of it. We have the uh, from dust thou art and unto dust thou shalt return. Uh, the ordinance of, of uh, shaking the dust off one's feet. Um, many different things that, that appear with dust. But if you take dust, anytime you see it, and you break it down into its three separate parts, water, blood, and spirit, you start really seeing things in a new light, especially going through the temple, um, the dust that, that is there, um, breaking it down into water, blood, and spirit. Um, very interesting principles. Um, I, I encourage you, that's part of the, the homework for this next chapter as well. You'll, you'll really start seeing water, blood, and spirit again throughout chapter four um, to, to keep an eye out for that and, and pull those forward so that um, even if you don't fully understand it right now or haven't uh, had the time to, to actually break it down and study it, uh, at least pulling those phrases out and highlighting them uh, to study later, uh, it'll, it'll greatly benefit your, your studies. So really quick, Moses 659 is one of my favorite scriptures to help explain to people the difference between, or not the difference, but the similarities between the priesthood and, and womanhood or motherhood. And it's a really interesting parallel because you have, you know, it, it talks about blood, water, and the spirit, you are brought into this world, right? So literal birth is the combination of blood, water, and the spirit, and that's womanhood, that's motherhood. And then you link that with priesthood. So with motherhood, you're keeping your first estate, right? We're coming, we come to earth. And then through blood, water, and the spirit, through baptism and through repentance and through the, the Holy Ghost, those are priesthood ordinances. So through, through man, through, through the priesthood, we're able to keep our second estate and return to live, to live again with our heavenly father. And without one, you can't have the other. And so they're very much... They're very equal in, in purpose and also in, um, you know, we're equally yoked as men and women as far as just, you know, literally how we get back to live with our Heavenly Father, you know, through both womanhood and the priesthood. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That, that's a super important connection right there. Yeah. Um, Another interesting thing to note is that with symbolism, uh, we have that, that spiritual birth of, of Eve or the church, because Adam always represents Christ and Eve always represents the church. 
And so uh, Christ and his bride, the church, um, the church is born out of Christ's side, his rib, at the, the crucifixion. When, when it has water, blood, and spirit combined in that same pattern. So that's why it's important that the scripture references that they pierced his side and water gushed out. Um, that we have that, that spiritual birth of the church at that, that moment there. I, I find that that's a, a very interesting parallel that, um, that also points back to that um, womanhood versus priesthood and uh, the, the two estates. Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. I love it. Adam, Adam equals what? Eve is always the church and Adam was? Christ. So Adam and Eve, their marriage is, is uh, always tied to Christ and his church, that marriage, um, the, the bridegroom and the bride. Um, that's, that's found in uh, lots of different places. Uh, but one of the, the interesting insights that really ties it into our, our temple experience is a book by Alonzo Gaskell um, called The Truths About Eden. Is it Truths About or Truths On? Truth, the Truth About Eden is the name of the book. Um, anyway, he, he talks about those, those metaphors and symbols in the temple and how they um, bring it forth into our uh, current um, symbolism and stuff. I, I kind of butchered the way I said that, but <laughs> anyway, very good book about symbolism in the temple. Um, yes. Seemed like I was going to go somewhere else with that. But any any other comments or, or anything? Cameron, uh, in that same book you just referenced, he, he goes on to say how with the metaphor of um, Eve uh, being uh, made from the rib, you know, mm -hmm. out of the side, it it's that same principle there that, that the church is being born out of when Christ died, but when Christ was crucified there. I didn't say that very good, but. Oh no, I'm, I'm butchered my words too. It's when, <laughs> when y'all pop up things that I haven't prepared in my discussion notes that I'm blabbering. <laughs> anyway, let me go find that book so I can show you what it is. So Darlene, just so I get this right, so the church is born out of Adam's or Christ's rib. The church, the sword went into Christ's side by the rib and water gushed out, giving birth to the church. Uh-huh. Is that right? Uh-huh. Okay. Because the church wasn't able to 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 become to be born until Christ died. And and so that's why we get the metaphor in the the symbolism in our temple ceremony about the the Adam, I mean Eve coming out of the side. I think it's also in the scriptures, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, that's super interesting. I've never heard that before, so thank you. <laughs> Somebody put it back in the wrong spot. Anyway, um, the the truth about Eden. 
Understanding the Fall and Our Temple Experience by Alonzo Gasco. Anyway, very excellent book. Um, anyway, yes. I find that there's so many temple patterns in this chapter, in chapter three. Um, and I love that, that you brought up that Talking Scripture podcast and, and how it always goes back to the temple. Because it does. Everything goes back to the temple. And, and that's where we learn mysteries, where we learn our true connection to God. That's where we receive our gifts. Um, you know, we're given our own scripture and scepter and, and all of those things during our endowment. So um, we're, we're following right along the Abrahamic covenant. The, the same things Abraham did, we are, are doing. Uh, I, I love that. Abraham's always pointing us to, to the higher covenants and, and to, our, to return to, to God's presence. Um, let's see, tribulations, where else did we go? Yeah, let, let's talk about <laughs> the temple some more. <laughs> let's go to um, 76 with Enoch's apocalypse. So um, interesting to note that apocalypse um, the, the word broken down into its Greek, uh, form is apple, which means un or undoing of something. And then calypse is covering. So it's the uncovering or unveiling of something. Uh, a lot of times we think of apocalypse as being end times or tribulation or, or battles, but yet apocalypse just means an uncovering or an unveiling. So every time that the prophets went up to see God or, or have the panoramic vision, they're, they're only being unveiled. They're, their eyes are opened and able to converse with God face to face. That's what apocalypse means. So um, here on page 76, it talks about Enoch's apocalypse, his unveiling, when he was able to uh, receive his endowment. Um, what insights and, and things? I'm excited to, I'm talking too much. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on, on Enoch's experience here. One of the first things I noticed is he describes, you know, being in the presence of God, much like Joseph's first vision. He thought, you know, everything was on fire. It was a light. You know, Joseph thought the trees were going to burn. Mm -hmm. Here you have the fiery chariot, the fiery transport, you know, the glory is so bright. It's, that's what it reminded me of. Mm -hmm. For sure. Interesting to note, uh, again, I, I'm pulling out all these apocryphal sources, but lost 16, 116 pages. He talks about um, that as, as well, that, that the first vision was Joseph Smith's endowment, possibly. Um, because we have, it's so important for us to record uh, the dates and and places of our ordinances and Joseph's is never recorded, but it's kind of there in plain sight and and it's described the same way as a lot of prophetic endowments are, and so it, it's a very good possibility that that, that was uh, the time and place of of his endowment, not his full endowment obviously, but the great prophetic endowment. Um, at this time when Satan's taking all things of the Lord and twisting them to be his, 
I thought it was super interesting on 76 and I think it was also on 75. It was in two places where it talked about the rainbow and the covenant. And I thought that was super, super interesting yeah. because we see that different today. And, and it really gives either a lot of jubilation to the wicked today or a lot of agitation to the righteous where it should be the opposite, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's interesting, just the whole concept of, of rainbows in general. I, I've always tied them directly to Noah. I have never once before this book or uh, these, these principles tied it to Enoch. I had no idea that it was originally Enoch's covenant and, and what that covenant really meant. Like what were the two promises of the covenant uh, of the rainbow? It, it was renewed with Noah for sure, but, but it's Enoch's. Enoch was it was the the originator of of that that covenant. I just know that as I read this, especially at the bottom of page seventy six, where he has the robe made and the crown and it's put on his head, that what a like I tried to envision not just myself, but my family, my loved ones, all of you guys, they're experiencing a similar thing. And what a joyous time that will be. Yeah. When, when will that happen? Not soon enough. <laughs> I, I don't even know where... What, what if you've already done it? <laughs> this is, is his endowment. Um, I, I think that we've all experienced this. It's, it's obviously in a different way. It's not in God's presence, um, but it's definitely in, in holy places. And these things happen to us there. Um, so these are the, the holy relics that are presented to the faithful. So we have the, um, we're being anointed and clothed in glorious garments and then um, ushered onto a throne, presented with, with tablets and a royal scepter of cedar. We're, we're presented with those symbolically. A robe of honor and, and a royal crown is placed upon our head. But all of that that we've gone through is just like a practice. Like I, it's not, it's the spirit, it's the spiritual. It's not, or maybe it's the physical, not the spiritual yet, right? Mm -hmm. Where, and that's what I'm talking about is that the time when. When we all will actually get that full yes. on. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Because right now we're just, well, actually, I wish we were just practicing. We haven't been practicing since April, right? Yeah. <laughs> March. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's all we've been doing is practicing. And I'm looking forward to the time when it actually happens. Totally. Yeah, I, I got what you mean now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's interesting to note that our ordinances are, are kind of in two parts. That the first part is, is the practice, you know, the, the first anointing. And then we'll receive a second anointing. Uh, when 
when we are going to be called up and and actually uh, called as as kings and queens and gods and goddesses and, and things like that that you know the, the day will come when when those things actually happen and it is a that's what the second endowment is the and it is an ordinance that's practiced today mm -hmm. of course those that receive it are commanded not to share it and Mm -hmm. So you don't get to hear about it, but my mission president's mission president was Bruce R. McConkie. Oh, really? And we had a, uh, uh, I was in the mission office at the time and we had a district meeting where we got to ask questions and, and, and Bruce R. McConkie had said, you know, how does this happen? Is there a recommendation process? And he says, no, there's not. It's direct revelation. You know, the prophet will get prompted and mm -hmm. somebody will get a phone call. Earlier, you can study the history of it and earlier in the church there was a recommendation process whereby stake presidents could say i think this is someone that's that's worthy of it and they would send the name to salt lake and and they'd either get an approval back and it would be scheduled but they halted that after a while now i don't think it happens quite as often but mm -hmm. there's an ordinance in the temple prophet holds the keys to give it i think the 12 hold it as well mm -hmm. and uh Someday, it doesn't have to happen in this life, but someday we will be called up mm -hmm. and get that. Sure. If anybody's interested in that, um, the uh, there's a book called The Development of Temple Doctrine, and uh, she goes through uh, all of those those ordinances at the beginning of the restoration and and kind of where they ended up and, and who has the, the keys to those and, and things like that. It, it's very interesting read. Um, let's see, where do we go from here? All right, so let's go into the, the names of Enoch. I find it so interesting that he has so many names. I had no idea. I mean, we just know him as Enoch, but um, what was it, up to like 70 names or something like that? Yeah, 70 names. Uh, Na'ar, the youth, uh, Metatron. Metatron sounds so <laughs> science fictional, doesn't it? But um, does anybody remember what the word metanoeo means? Uh, President Nelson defined it in one of his uh, talks recently. Uh, pop quiz you weren't expecting. Um, but again, I think, mm -hmm, go for it. New air or new breath? Uh-huh, yeah, so the, the change uh, of that. So meta means change. So like metamorphosis, uh, change of, of shape or, or things. Meta noeo um, is the changing uh, everything about us, even the way we breathe kind of thing. So metatron, tron means agent. So metatron means the agent of change. And um, Enoch is, is exactly that. He is the agent of change. He is the angel of the presence. He is the angel in charge of bestowing translation upon others. Uh, I find that very interesting. It, even one of his titles, his name, means the, the agent of change. I, I think that's huge. That's why he's so instrumental in the story of Abraham. Uh, how Abraham desired those blessings, wanted those same things as the city of Zion, and he's literally sent Metatron in order to, to change his very character, even though it was pretty dang good. Uh, 
just from his youth, but um, he had things to, to tweak and go through and, and trials to, to overcome. Uh, that's what the, the meta really brings into our lives, that, that change. Changing from the natural man, really. Um, oh, we are overtime already. Holy cow. <laughs> that time went really quick. Um, let's see. Anything else that we got here? We talked about the rainbow, um, Joseph. Uh, interesting to know on page 78, um, second paragraph down there, um, that this prophecy, and I will raise up for that generation someone who will reveal to them the books in your Enoch's handwriting and those of your fathers. Uh, very interesting uh, prophecy there. And um, how that, that plays out, the actual handwriting of, of Enoch, um, there's, there's many more great and, and glorious things that are, that are going to be, happen in the restoration of all things. I, I, uh, you know, tying back to, to kind of where we started, the, those records, I'm so excited for, for more revelation, for more scripture, for, for all of the things that are going to 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 come at us but it seems like time is is kind of running out like uh, i always thought that the the second coming was a long ways off and and here we're kind of ramping up and accelerating it seems like time is speeding up that you can't even get everything done and yet we're going to to have scriptures and things restored to us oh my word i i can't even keep up with the scriptures that i've got and 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 there's going to be more and and more intense kind of scriptures and, and things. I, I think there'll have to be a, a quickening of learning uh, that accompanies that for us to, to internalize it and, and build Zion with those those new records and things, uh, the records of the lost tribes and, and, and things too. Um, anyway, last kind of thoughts and, and everything. Um, actually before, let's dive into the, the homework really quick and then we'll kind of wrap up with, with final thoughts that everybody has. So um, homework for, for next week. Um, throughout chapter four, again, look for blood, water, and spirit, uh, justification, sanctification, purification, that trifecta that, that comes. And then um, something that's going to be taxing and, and you don't have to do it, but uh, it's, it's a, a challenge uh, that I extend to you is take some time as if you were going to the temple, set aside a block of time where you can just meditate and ponder and go through all of the words that you can remember of our ceremonies, of the baptism, anointing, uh, initiatory, of endowment and sealing. Just try to remember the words, try to remember those blessings and, and things that are promised to us specifically looking for the Abrahamic covenant in them. How rich our ordinances are in the Abrahamic covenant, because that's where they come from, uh, Abraham. That's, that's why we're doing these things. And um, I, I I've have uh, many opportunities to go to the temple frequently and all that uh, until uh, the shutdown. And I had all of the ordinances pretty much memorized and, until they changed a few of the little wordings here and there in, <laughs> in 2019. But um, I, I find myself slipping a lot this year in like, oh, how was that worded again? 
And, and so I think it's important for us for sometimes when we can't go through the temple to let the temple go through us as Wendy Nelson says in her Covenant Keepers book. Um, so that's a challenge that I, that I issue to you this week. Um, yes, it, 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 it applies directly to Abraham, uh, specifically looking for his blessings, but, but also just a, a recurring thing to, to keep those, those words fresh in our minds, uh, I think is, is an important principle. Um, but anyway, so just final thoughts and, and things, the things we might not have covered, but you really wanted to, to kind of talk about or, or anything. Some last words. <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you to everyone for um, answering that question that I had, because um, we had that discussion about the heavens kind of closing and you said a lot of things that gave us encouragement. So I just wanted to say thank you for your insights. And I'm going to pass that on to my husband since we were talking about that. So I just, you guys are awesome and I'm really appreciative. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks everyone for the input on that. Well, if, if no one has any closing thoughts, we'll, we'll go ahead and end there. Um, I'm, I'm so grateful for all of you. Uh, this class is like the highlight of, of my day. I, I, I'm sitting there trudging along in construction work, just looking forward to, <laughs> to the time that we Zoom and discuss Abraham. It, it's been so fun with all of your insights and input and, and, and things. Uh, Like-minded individuals that, that really want to, to let God prevail is, is such a huge blessing. Um, I, I'm, I'm grateful for all of you, and, and I, I, I hope that, that this week is, is great for you when, with chapter four. It's going to be so good. You'll love it. Um, anyway, uh, have fun. Have a great week. <laughs> we'll see you all later.